In the beginning, there was darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with Jack Duffin. Jack? Yeah, quite frankly, uh, I don't feel like talking about the Cleveland Browns. So uh, for, for one day only, we're not a Cleveland Browns podcast. We're a Paul Brown holiday podcast. I want to hear what it was like on the ground in Houston. No football. I'm happy to pass on that. What What was it like being out there? Because obviously you're a bolt um, in Cincinnati. Didn't even come home. Vegas. Went to Houston. Vegas, Houston. But yeah, mate, Houston was rocking. The fans, the Houston fans give loads and loads of abuse in a good way. And um, the Cleveland Browns fans, I did a rally call, 8 o'clock. By 10 o'clock, I've got people texting me. We're in a car park with no one else drinking booze. So at 10 o'clock, I turn up. I feel bad. I got there at 8. No one was there. So I went back to the hotel had a shower, drunk some tequila, then came back out. And uh, yeah, there's about 30 uh, Browns fans in the middle of this parking lot. And it was like some more Browns fans turned up. They all came over. Then there was another group of Browns fans over there. Then it was deciding who's going to join who, you know, like who owns this lot. So yeah, it was, it was great. And um, um, it was just um, police horse turned up, getting people out of the road. Um so many people there that I knew it was like one big family. If that tailgate could have gone on for another five hours, I'd have been so happy. As always, the reason why I like to tailgate early is because I'm speaking to people and I speak to other people and I say I'm going to come back and it just doesn't always happen. And then like people start going into the game, it's just uh, frustrating. So the reason why I start early is simply because I like meeting people, like talking, don't like moving around too much. If I've got a drink, you know, I'll keep still. And yeah, I don't really explore. I just sit in a spot. People come and speak. Great. But wow. Top three tailgate. I'm going to go number in no order. Houston, um, the Jets in 2018-19, I think it was. And could say Denver. Denver, Seattle were good. Yeah. Really, really, Arizona was good. But yeah, really, really, really good tailgate. Uh, and it, it was good to enjoy it because, yeah, even at half time though, in that game, it felt like we were still in it and it was like, hey, we've got this. And then, yeah, it ended so, so quickly. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the biggest pain. And I think as Browns fans, we were a little bit guilty in the tailgate talking about who we're playing next week too much. Um, you know, I discussed 10 times, could we play the Bills or not? You know, like, anyway. Yeah, so I think as a fan base, we probably, not us, but like whole fans, team, players. I think we're all, everyone was pumped. So pumped. We we just, um, maybe we just all bottled it, including the fans. Everyone just bottled it, you know. Like, it reminded me of England in soccer or something like just, you know, just we thought we we're going to go all the way and then we'd bottle it. So, yeah. 
No, it was one of them that, yeah, it was gutting. Um, and partly in a way, just for everyone inside the building, it wasn't like it fell on someone's shoulders. Because if it's someone makes a mistake, they have to live with that. Whereas nothing went right. And that means everyone this off-season has got to look at themselves, really improve and come back next year. If it's one of them where it's one bad call by the refs or someone drops a ball, everyone's then on them and that's something that then just lingers. Whereas if you're going to go out while it's sucked in the minute, it's a point where everyone can take that away and come back better. Yeah, I'll tell you what, mate. Honestly, first half was buzzing. Like, it was, it was like, yeah, it was like a Champions League final. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, Champions League. Uh, Knockout last, game, yeah. Last 16, you know. Whoever wins this goes through, you know. Like, it's cutthroat, you know. And um, just so gutting. But, um, yeah, I'll be really honest. Like, in the third quarter, I was like mentally done. I was like, even the Paul Brown, like we can come back and win this game. Nah, I was like, yeah, just, just gone. And, and mate, the Texan fans, um, they were like giving us so much abuse, and that's what I like, and that's the level I like to operate at. Is I want good abuse given to me, which is not life threatening. Um, however. Once the game's over, I walked to the tailgate and I just, honestly, the Browns fans left such a mess. It was horrific. Like piles and piles of booze, cans. And I saw some kids clearing up some trash and I was like, okay, cool. Come on, guys, let's all get involved. If the kids are doing it, we've got to get involved. So, yeah, I spent probably a half an hour cleaning up trash. And then um, I got on a train with some... Uh, got a train and this is like weird for Americans I told him to get a train went downtown went for some food and in this restaurant there was just so many loud fucking Texas fans just trying to talk to me about football and I just couldn't give a flying fuck like I was like alright cool you've won respect you know you you turned up shroud smashed it Um, but yeah I just look I haven't slept for two nights I honestly I had not been to sleep for two nights so I was on pure vapors. Vegas, I came home at seven in the morning, started work at ten, and then from then that night I went out uh, for some steaks and food. I then got on a flight at midnight and landed in Houston at five. Went to my hotel room that someone booked for me, and then they cancelled the room because they didn't think I was coming. So then I sleep in a lobby. I tried sleeping in a lobby for a couple of hours. Next night, I've got a hotel room. The person I thought I share a room with. Falls asleep. So day three, I'm sleeping in a lobby till three in the morning. They wake up, then I go to the room. And last night I slept on a plane. So I've had four nights of not being any decent sleep. And it was a weird one for me watching that um, game because I was at a gig in Southampton. <laughs> and well, ironically... Shout out the Cleveland band. Yeah, so uh, Heart Attack Man, um, if you've ever heard of him. Um, they they're from Cleveland, um, and they were supporting. Uh, the headliners, Spanish love songs, they were incredible. Um, just such good live band. So it was like, it's the only there were six spots where this game could have been, and it was like there's one I can't do, 
and it just happened to be that one. But I was like, hey, I'm going to go there anyway. Miss, uh, it was the first hour of the game, but I've got it on my phone. So I've stood at the back of the gig, enjoying the music, game on my phone, loving life because it's like the Browns just keep... It felt like it was going to be one well, of those games. We were winning at some point, right? Because we had two touchdowns. Yeah, it felt like one of those games where it's going to be like each team getting 40 points. It was just going to be a slanging match. And it was like, yeah, this is going to be great. Um, so gig uh, finishes. I go back next door to the casino because I already reached out to the casino that's next door to the gig venue. And I said, hey, can I get the Browns game on? Um, and they said, yeah, we can put the Browns game on if you come in. I said, great, I'm coming. I'll be an hour late. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, yeah, no worries. So go in there, got the game on. And that's basically the late in the second half. Uh, sorry, late in the second quarter. Um, and then, yeah, it's like, right, we can do this. Come on. Um, after half time, and then yeah, it, it just died so quickly. The first one, you're like, Can we bring this back? There's an outside chance. The second one, you're like, Yeah, my brother's like, Should we leave, or are you diehard and seeing this all the way through? And I'm like, I'm not leaving until they start kneel downs. Um, I left when there was like one kneel down left because I was like, Yeah, whatever. Um, but then I, I had to leave there, and it was a three hour drive to get home, so I was dropping my brother in central London. And then I had to drive back to Essex. So, uh, yeah, not ideal, but we do what we do. Jack, even though you won both fantasy leagues and now the show's called the Jack Duffin uh, podcast, um, tell us in a minute, what players won't we be seeing for the Cleveland Browns next year, do you think? So I would say out of like the, the starting 22, Zadarius Smith is probably the least likely to be back. He's the only sort of notable free agent they've got. Um, everyone else they're going to sign well, for like, uh, less than Flacco five Hunt. Flacco Hunt. I don't think either of them back. Um, but to be fair, neither, neither of the starters, they all need replacing. Um, Zedera Smith's the interesting one. So he's obviously the starting edge opposite Miles. They could keep him. But the most easy way to free up money to extend JOK is you let Zedera Smith go. You bring in a sort of two and a half to five million um, dollar edge um, in free agency. Ask Wright to step up. And you're not asking Wright to be the starter. You're just effectively you've got a rotation because Miles is in a rotation. He's not out there all the time. Plays about 85% of snaps. Um, and that's only because he plays so few. It'd be less if we played for longer. But that's one where you bring a lot of people in, you move a bit more money into linebacker. And Joe OK, in terms of the highlights, he's in all of them, the good and the bad. Um, very, very quick to react. Um, and that will mean, because he's chancing stuff, he's just driving, shooting holes, tackle for the loss. But then he's also going to appear on the, uh, when there's a touchdown, he's probably at times, um, he's shot a hole in his wrist. When you've got a defense this good, he's a great player to have. If you had him on a, defense where we were struggling it'd be a disaster and the head coach would be calling him out all the time for like missing gaps and not reading the game well enough but he's an absolute he is the cherry on top luxury player and it really means a lot to this defense good so you're a team joke now get him an extension i'd extend him as long as it's under 10 million okay we'll keep an eye on that uh jack how happy do you think the uh front office will be um after now that, sorry not say after the, the game, now the season's come to the end. What do you think the front office will be feeling? 
I think they will be really, really impressed with how this year's gone. Um, it's a real testament. Most teams, when they lose their starting quarterback, it's pack up the season, it's over, it's a disaster. Um, and that's kind of it. Whereas it's one that they they did so, so well. The amount of depth they've got in rooms. Um, and the great thing is, the 2024 Cleveland Browns is going to look a lot personnel-wise like the 2023 one. We're just going to add more rookies, push some guys off the bottom of the roster, and that's a great spot to be. We're not talking about, hey, we've got six, seven free agents. We're going to lose a lot of guys. We're going to make a couple of upgrades, but a lot of people are still going to be here. Cool. Uh, 84% of the uh, 2,000 people voted. Do you think the season was successful or not for the Browns? 84, 84% thought it was successful. I, I think it's 100% been successful. Um, at the end of the day, I would always say the goal is get to the playoffs and then you see what happens. We went into the playoffs with, well, Kenny Pickett's there, the second worst quarterback in the AFC. And it, and it, it played itself out that way. Um, it's one that you come back next year. Hopefully, Watson's been able to look at a lot of what Flacco did, get the ball out quickly, um, just throw, throw, throw. And that should be a recipe for success. So I feel really, really positive for what's coming. Great. And um, is it too early to know what position Browns draft, or we know a number now? So draft at 54 with the first pick um, in the second round. Um, I think it's one where you're looking at a wide receiver or an offensive tackle, that pick. Yeah. Um, can't you get wide receivers as free agents better than rookies, or no, not really? No, because like, lots of people look at T. Higgins from the Bengals and they're excited that he's going to hit free agency. Um, Michael Pittman, stuff like that. Those guys are getting extended. They're getting tagged or traded. Um, they're not going to be on the open market. Um, hey, if, if they make it there, then amazing, but I don't see it. So um, I think it's one you have to draft your wide receivers. They got lucky with Amari Cooper. But you've got to draft them. Um, and you just keep firing um, until you get a guy. Will Cooper be back next year? Yeah, Cooper's back next year. Um, I don't know if they'll extend him this offseason. So an interesting decision they've got to make because he's got, what, he's going to be 29 going into next year, 30? If you ex He's going to be 30 going into next year, I believe, off the top of my head. So if you extended him, you might be talking about adding two guaranteed years. That That's going to be... Ex you don't want to guarantee any player when they're 32 years old. Mm. especially at a position like wide receiver. So if he's willing to take a contract that guarantees him 2024, 2025, I think you can do it. If he wants 2026 guaranteed, you can't sign that deal. Will, will Jack Conklin be back next year? Yeah, so he's due back. He's got guaranteed money for next year. They could look to trade him during training camp or uh, the season because they've got Dewan Jones, they've got Jed Wills. But for me, I would happily roll into the season with three legit tackles. If someone makes you a really, really big trade offer at that stage and take it, because they get an injury, but I'm okay rolling with all three. Um, Dewan Jones, big boy. Um, Ian's made the point before. It's like the chances of him picking up knocks during the season is just more than a Joe Thomas, someone that's built slightly smaller. Um, so there's a risk. So I'm happy to have extra people. Mm. Uh, what about Greg Newson? He back next year? I don't know. But he is, um, he is due back one more year, yeah? 
Yeah, so he has his final year, but they've got to make up their mind by May 2nd if they pick up his fifth-year option. And that is for 12, just over 12 mil. Um, and that's not for 2024, that's for 2025, but it is fully guaranteed. Um, so it's one where, do they want to do that? Because 12 million for a slot corner is an awful lot of money. He's really good, but Cam Mitchell's also good. So I think there's an argument for, can you move on? And I think they're going to explore the trade market. If you can get a, a trade pick sort of somewhere in the 50 to 80 range, I think you sign that with a team and you send him on his way um, because then you can use that pick. Maybe even draft another corner, keep that development going. But um, it's one that I think you've got to explore that. So he's going to be a bit like a bit greedy. Uh, we can't afford 12 million for his last year and then we just let him go. Yeah, I think it's one way you've got to have that conversation. It might be one way they pick up the option, allow him to play out this season and then they trade him. But if they pick up his option... The turn of the league year in March, that's the first time he can negotiate with the team about an extension. If they say, look, we're not really going to extend you, he's instantly, he's got Drew Ruse and House as an agent, he's looking to get out. Um, he might not say that publicly, but any player rightly after year three, they want to get paid because if you get a big injury, you've got no protection. If you sign a deal with just 40 million guaranteed in, 50 million guaranteed in it, you're in a really, really good spot in life. That That makes makes you yeah it, it puts you on the map uh, one rookie deal is good money for a player but one vet deal that sets you and your family up for life uh here we go did greg newsom make your obr um article in your predicting the 53 man roster so he is um he's on there because i always lean towards continuity if a player's on the roster i always expect them to be back um, I did speak in the article about trading him, but if I'm going to guess, then he's there. So, Paul's touch that. Dropped an article today. It, it's a slightly large article. Have you, have you seen the tweet of how many words it is, Paul? No, I haven't seen that, mate. Have a guess at how many words is in my Cleveland Browns 2024 op, uh, roster prediction article. Probably a thousand, don't you? Slightly more. Oh, God. You're boring me already. 5,000. 10,000. Just over 10,000 words in it. It is deep. Um, covers everything that's going to happen this offseason. But you copy and paste loads of the articles. Uh, there is uh, several old articles that oh. I've built it across the season. So, yeah. Nice. All right. And um, now, Jack, what's the most exciting thing you're looking forward to? Is it Super Bowl? Is it the uh, Steelers' Bills? What are you looking forward to the most? I'm looking forward to launching my non-league football team. And if you're listening, you can become an owner. It's open to people all around the world. Um, and I, I would love that. So, uh, yeah, look at my social media, East Thurrock Community Football Club. Um, we need you guys. How much, uh, how much would one of our listeners, can they donate? So donations, uh, they haven't gone live yet, the link to just donate, but it's £50 a year and you become an owner. Um, so that's the option there. But we, we will do a donation. Um, that will come out. What if someone said, like, I want a, a shirt and a, a and a share for, like, 150 bucks? Can you do something like that or not? Oh, 100%. We're getting, so we haven't got a shirt designed yet, but we will have a shirt online that you can buy. Um, so, yeah, loads of stuff coming out. 
Um, we're just going through all the legal registration, everything at the moment, as to go after Companies House, Financial Conduct Authority, um, get rubber stamped. But uh, we'll have monthly options for people that want to do them rather than annual. Um, that will come out in about a month or so's time. Maybe the podcast and the listeners could get together and sponsor the shirt. Oh, that's a dream. Any, podcast on the any rich um, listeners of the show, please reach out. But Jack, uh, I know you've got to go to a meeting about football, soccer. So um, yeah, mate, great catching up. And uh, I'm looking forward to reading that article. I think I'm going to stick on Cleveland Browns daily. So they've got to say, watching programs and slowly, yeah, I think I think I may just have a little break from uh, American football for a bit. Prediction, do you think we're over here for the Jags game later this year? I think we are. I really hope it doesn't fall while I'm in honeymoon in Asia because I oh, will not please. be impressed. That's just my luck, wouldn't it? The Browns come over to England and I'm in bloody Asia. All right, people are still texting me now saying, I can't believe you lost. I was like, yeah. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Depressing. But I'm over it now. I'm not over it yet. So uh, go Browns. Go Browns. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in.